0: Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Actually, this is a much better place to be than a whole bunch of different places. When you get right down to it. Um, two things I didn't want to mention to you before I get into this. Um, since we were a little bit behind on time this morning, we have a very nice video that uh, uh, is about the, um, the gallery show that was here Friday a week ago. And I don't really have time this morning, but if you'll go on to the website, uh, you can see it there, download it there, so I encourage you to do that. Also, next Sunday, we will be having water baptisms, so if you want to be baptized, if you'll see me or see one of the pastors um, following the service, we'll, we, can, we can do that. We have the technology, we have the water, and we have a tank, and... Uh, and, uh, it, and Kevin O'Day, if you want to be held under more than 30 seconds, we'll get Kevin O'Day to do that for you. Uh, I don't know if any of the rest of us can handle that, but we'll we'll make it work following our Lord, not just our Savior, but our Lord and His command to be baptized in water. So that's that's next Sunday. Advent is a season of preparation. It's a season of Preparation to observe the birth of Christ, the incarnation. It's also a season of preparation for anticipation of his second coming. As surely as he came the first time, he will come again. We have that promise in scripture. Uh, However, we will be talking about that in some later weeks. This week, we're going to dive right into the middle of the story. Uh, Would you stand with me and let's read a passage from Luke about some shepherds. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But do not be afraid. <coughs> that will be for all the people, <coughs> has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the presence of your spirit. I pray that what we hear today would change us, that we would leave here different people from the people that we came in as. I pray, Father, that it would change us for your kingdom's sake and for eternal fruitfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You guys are great. Y'all know how to do that. I mean, even when the, the guy with the microphone kind of drops out, <laughs> you just keep on going. Don't miss a beat. You know, there are, there are, there are, there are congregations not as aggressive as you are. I compliment you on your aggressiveness. There are two times a year when when people in our culture are inclined to be open to hearing the claims of Christ and his gospel. I mean, anybody know what those two times are? You, You guys are not only aggressive, you're you're smart. Yeah. The resurrection and the incarnation. Now, there are times individually, there are seasons in individual lives which may be more fruitful than this. The birth of a child, that often brings about a time in a person's life when they start reevaluating who they are and what they are and what they need to do. The, the death of a loved one, a close loved one. Uh, funerals are, are often, there are times when people's hearts are open when, when they're ready to hear something that they're not ready to hear when they're walking just in the fog normally. Uh, sometimes a protracted illness. You know, we, uh, we oftentimes rail against sickness. And truly, it, it is part of the fall. But the truth of the matter is that some people, when they're in a season of sickness, they're calling out to God. And when they get over the season of sickness, they're over calling out to God. And so sometimes in, in, in an individual's life, that can be a time that opens them up. But culturally, uni, universal, universally in our culture, the two seasons are what we call Easter and Christmas, and one of them is about ready to hit us flat in the face. When I was a child, um, <clears throat> when I was a child, we got Christmas cards. And I don't know, people don't send Christmas cards anymore, and I'm not totally sure why but i guess to save trees or something and people and, they, and you can do it electronically but we got these christmas cards and and my mom would take them and she would she would uh scotch tape them around that you know i see i see people who are Somewhat of my generation, y'all nodding their heads, going, "Yeah." Uh, this was the universal things that that moms did in the, in the fifties and sixties. They would they would they would tape them to these cards to the door frames, and all the door frames, interior door frames in the house would just have Christmas cards all over them. And every one of those Christmas cards would have on them angels and stars and shepherds and wise men and 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 cradles and Mary and Joseph and a donkey and all those kinds of things, because they told the story. Christmas cards don't tend to tell the story anymore. They they don't have that kind of stuff on them, and that may be why people don't send them anymore, because there's no point. Uh, Everywhere you went, there were Christmas carols. You heard the carols of the season, and I mean you heard carols. You heard... Um, Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem, or Joy to the World, or Way in a Manger. I mean, every store that you went into. God love them. I went into linens and things yesterday. And I don't know how many of you have been in linens and things, but unless you really, really, really want to hear some really disgusting Christmas music, I mean, they sang songs about Santa Claus that Santa Claus would be embarrassed to hear. <laughs> it was, it was, it was sad. It was really, it was really pathetic. I mean, um, uh, let's see, in uh, uh, Christmas Vacation, where they do, hey, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, y'all, y'all know that, that song? Yeah. That's a great song compared to what they were playing in Linens and things. <laughs> you know, Christmas in Tinseltown. Town. I mean, what... That's not the way it was when I was a kid. In fact, for some of you who are old enough and are native Nashvillians are aware of the fact that they used to have a full-size nativity scene in front of the Parthenon every year. In fact, it, it stretched from, from beyond one side of the Parthenon to beyond the other side of the Parthenon, and cars would line up for blocks to, to, to get in there and, and see that thing. These are, these are photographs from my, my mom's Instamatic camera and not only I mean these are daytime photographs at night they put colored lights on these things I mean it was amazing that it was a technological wonder but it, it told the story and it, it was what it was what people went to see I don't nowadays basically all you can find you know are are Santa Clauses and snowmen and and, and reindeer with red noses and snowflakes and stuff. And I'm not quite sure how that happened, but I, I think the slippage began to start with Mary Xmas. At least that's what we thought in our church. Because uh, back in, I don't know, maybe it was before the 50s, but certainly in the 50s, people started writing Mary Xmas. Okay. And... Um, you know, we were, we were really put off by that. Uh, and then somebody came along and said, well, the X has something to do with some Greek word or something, and it really stands for Christ. Baloney! It's an X, people. It's there to keep you from having to write C-H-R-I-S-T. And so, you know, it kind of got a little contracted there. And, and I wonder if the, I wonder if the, the same attitude kind of swept through the church when they, when they dropped the extra S and contracted the Christ mass to Christmas. I think, you know, it might have been a little of that. And lo and behold, now we're having to deal with happy holidays, right? I mean, nobody says Merry Christmas to you in, in Walmart or in Target or in Coles. What is up with that? These, these people are heathens. They are saying happy holidays to us. They're not saying Merry Christmas to us like they're supposed to. You know why that is? It's because they're not supposed to spread the gospel. It's not their job. In fact, none of that really matters at all. I'm glad they're not doing our job. I may be the only one in here, (laughs) but I'm glad that they're not doing our job. A lot of times right now, a lot of Christians think if I write a letter to Walmart complaining about the fact that they say happy holidays, then I have done my witnessing for Christ. No, you haven't. All you've done is complain. And the Bible tells us not to complain. Just, Just get on with doing the job that we're supposed to do. It was never about the message of the incarnation at Walmart. It is always about making money. That's what it's about. And if they they can make more money saying Merry Christmas than Happy Holidays, then they will say Merry Christmas. If they can make more money saying your daddy's a pig, they will say your daddy's a pig. I mean, whatever they can make the most money saying is what they will do because that's what it's about. God did not charge them. To spread the gospel. To spread the good news. Guess who he charged? Us. Us. And we are getting ready. We are in fact already in one of the most fruitful seasons of the year for sharing the good news with people. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to prepare you to be able to do that. Christmas message. Christmas message has three basic elements in the passage that we looked at. The first element is, it's good news. I bought gas this week for under $3 a gallon. They did it too. They did it too. Yeah, (laughs) they did it too. The first service fell into that. The Savior is born. Yeah. See, I, you were prepped. I mean, you were prepped. That's why you did that. If I had said that before, I said the gas thing. Let's be honest. There might have been a little, yeah, yay, Jesus. But uh, gas run, did any of you get gas for to $3 a gallon this week? Did you tell anybody? And did they say, let us go and see this thing about which we have been told? Yeah, let's hurry on down. There it is. Oh, my goodness. There it is, Ethel. Somebody's probably named Ethel here, and they're going to come up to me afterwards and go, I'm Ethel. La- it wasn't last week. It was a couple weeks ago. Kevin gets up and he announces that Sherry is great with child. Do you think he enjoyed telling us that? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you find something that is really good that has happened, you want to go and you want to tell people about that. Oh, Somehow or another, we, we have lost that edge. We've lost that edge in the church. Something good happened to me, and it can happen to you too. That's what, that's what sharing the gospel is. That's what witnessing is. Yeah. Uh, a few months back, I wrote a, uh, a review, a book review, on Amazon for um, Rob Bell's book, uh, Love Wins. And it's a book about heaven and hell and everybody who's ever lived or something is what it what it says and he has some he raises some pretty controversial questions in there and uh and that's why I read the book because I mean he raised some pretty controversial questions a lot of people had uh were, were saying things about it and to be honest with you if you've got a book that you absolutely hate uh and you haven't read it and you don't want me to read it then don't tell me that you hate it because does that make sense? Because if I find out that enough people hate it, then i got to go find out why. <laughs> i got to go read it. And, uh, you know, so I read it and wrote this review. And I didn't, you know, I didn't say that I necessarily agree. Uh, in fact, I didn't say that I agreed with what he had to say uh, in, 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 with his position because in part he never actually staked out a position. Um, but I did state that he raised some questions that were worthy of being talked about and should be talked about uh, in the church. And based on some of the comments that I got, man, you would have, see, I titled it, uh, a 61 year old evangelical pastors take. Cause I thought, wow, that this is going to be, yeah, that sounds like an old guy. They don't know it's me. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so, uh, yeah, a lot of people read it and commented on it. And you would have thought from some of the comments that, man, I had just come out and said, there is no hell. Don't worry about it. People. And, I didn't say that at all in fact I did I said there is hell you know there and and Rob Bell says that but we were so conditioned to the idea that the only way the the only proper prelude to good news is to be sure you understand the bad news because if you don't know you're going to hell then you don't want any good news we got there's so many people already living there. Hell, that is. That if it's, if it's somebody would just come along and bring some water into the desert, if somebody would just come along with 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 and, and dip their finger in some water, they'd they'd be on it in an instant. Back when I was in high school. Uh, and I understand, I found that in first service, they're still reading it in high school. I remember reading Jonathan Edwards' sermons, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a classic, and it's, it's a pretty, it's a strong sermon. One of the problems is, I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of embellishment in the way that he put it there, and most of the people reading that have no idea what's embellishment and what's actually in the Bible. I mean, when, back, back when I was in school, they didn't know. Now they for sure don't know. And so the idea has kind of gotten out there and kind of crept out there that this is not good news. This is bad news. But it is good news. And, and don't, don't feel ashamed of just simply sharing the fact that the Savior is born. And hey, you know what? He changed my life. And and He, he, can, change, he can change your life too. This is the season. This is the season when uh, when people... Are ready to hear that? Did, uh, did, anybody, did anybody's mother ever say to you, clean up your room? Did the rest of you have mothers? Or a room? Maybe that was what the problem was. Yeah. Did anybody's mother ever say it twice? Did anybody's mother ever say it 500 times? Okay. And did anybody ever want to stop seeing their mother <laughs> during that time uh yeah, well she fed you right you know but i mean aside from that nobody wants to be all the time harped on about this you know this would be good news if mom came along and said your room is clean <laughs> and you didn't do anything it's just clean wow now, that doesn't happen, does it? No, no. But you know what? Somebody paid the debt for your sins. A Savior has come along and cleaned up your mess. it has got it taken care of. It. That is good news. I mean, to just know it's, it's done. It is, might even say finished. It's good news. And this good news is good news of great joy. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's try this. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Did y'all catch that third line? Something about yeah. If you're happy and you know it then your face will surely show it hmm you know we can be hanging out with people having a great time with them and then as soon as soon as Jesus or the gospel or the church comes up it becomes very serious I need to talk to you about this yeah this is great joy, people. This is, this is great joy. I'm, I'm directing A Christmas Carol, and there's a scene in A Christmas Carol where I've got a mommy and four little girls, and it is um, Christmas Eve, and, and the mommy and the four little girls are supposed to come out all laughing and having a good time and and, and telling jokes and stuff. And daddy's bringing Christmas presents. And, and, when, and when daddy comes on with the Christmas presents. The little girls are supposed to come over and go.
1: Daddy, daddy, Christmas presents.
0: And you know what? If it really was Christmas Eve. And they really were at home. And, and guy comes in with all their presents. They really would be going. Oh, yeah. But put them on stage and have them act. And it's like. Okay, everybody come out laughing. No, laugh harder. (laughs) I'm I'm having to teach these little girls how to express joy. Daddy, are we got Christmas presents this evening? No, you don't say it that way. Honey, you go, can we have Christmas presents this evening? Okay, okay. Daddy, do we have Christmas presents? <laughs> okay, Christian witnesses. I'm the director. You see the reason, oh. Mm. The reason why they're having so much trouble with it is because they're acting. Yeah, we could think about that one for a while. So often when we share about Christ or we share about the gospel and we're going to be happy, we've got to pretend because that joy hasn't really seeped down inside where it's it's supposed to live. The The good news hasn't really seeped in there. So that it brings forth joy. You say, well, I don't, you know, I, you don't know what's going on in my life right now. Things are, you know, I, I understand seasons. I understand that there are seasons of life that are, that are rough. I also understand ruts. And those aren't seasons. That's a behavior pattern. You had, we'll get there in a few minutes, but that's, that's exactly what it is. It's a behavior pattern. It happens in our lives. And, and, I, and, and nothing blesses me as much as to be at church and to see people that I know, and some of them I know are going through really a rugged part in their lives. And they come here, and even though it's totally been rugged, the hands go up, the tears start flowing. The, the, it's called a sacrifice of praise that comes out. And there's just something inside of me that goes, oh, yes he's real he's alive it's a it's good news of great joy if you can if you can control the the muscles of your face you can smile and if you can control the muscles of your face you have a reason to smile because not everybody can and that's absolutely true it's good news it's great joy it's for all people. One of the problems in getting caught up in the culture wars is that we tend to categorize people, and in so doing, we uh, we dehumanize them. We put them in uh, we put them in categories. That's a that's a liberal. That's a conservative. That's a Democrat or Republican. That's a uh, that that person is a, a Muslim. That one's a, a, a Buddhist. You know, and and, and, and once we classify them. Then we no longer have to deal with them as that's a human being. Uh, my favorite thing that I've ever heard anybody the, the, my favorite piece of feedback that I've ever gotten from a play that we've ever done was this last one, those boys next door. Uh, and I know that you know not not too many people came to see it, but that's okay. those who came got it and uh, but one of the things that was uh, that was really wonderful was, uh, Tony Emerton came up to Arwen after the first weekend and said, you know, I came to see that play. It's about, it's about four, uh, men who are, uh, uh emo- mentally and emotionally challenged to live together in a group home. He said, I came to see that play. And, uh, there's this guy who walks up and down our street and he's been, he's been doing this for months. And, uh, and I knew he was, knew he was different. Um, but you and I don't remember. Ex- I don't know exactly what Tony said to Arwin, but I know how we react to that. It's kind of like this would be a good time for me to stay indoors, you know, or this would be a good time for me to walk on the other side of the street. And he said, I came and I saw that play, and the next day I saw him walking by, and I went, I got to go talk to that guy, because and, and, and he and he went and talked to him, and yeah, he's was, he's was different, but he he uh, you know he he connected with him. He said, you Come visit us, you know you. Whatever we can if I can never do anything for you, let me let me I'd like to. And and I'm and I'm going, Yes. Yes. And if if a if a play like that can can take other human beings that we normally would have nothing to do with and would put us to a place where we go, I need to connect with that person because that that is a person just like me, then what should the message of the Gospel of Jesus Christ do, shouldn't that broaden our horizons when it says that it's for all people? My favorite, uh, my favorite monologue, period, and I've never gotten to do it because uh, by the time I learned it, I was too old to play the role. Uh, is in Christmas Carol, and it's uh, it's it's nephew Fred's speech. He's come to visit his uncle Scrooge, and it's the famous place where Scrooge is going um bah humbug and all that and says, Well christmas is a humbug surely you don't mean that and and scrooge says what is christmas time to you what a time for paying bills without money a time for finding yourself a year older and not one hour richer if i could work my will everyone who goes about with merry christmas on his lips should be boiled in pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart what a disgusting sight that would be and then Fred goes on to tell him, there are a lot of things from which I haven't profited, but which have done me good. And uh, this is Christmas among the rest. And here's the speech. But I am sure I have always thought of Christmas time when it comes around, apart from the veneration due to its sacred name and origin, if anything belonging to it can be apart from that, as a good time, a kind, forgiving, charitable Pleasant time, the only time I know of in the long calendar of the year when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely. And here's the line that I love. And to think of people below them as if they really were fellow passengers to the grave and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. Because we have such a tendency to look at others and Think of them as another race of creatures bound on other journeys, going someplace else as if they weren't connected to us in some way and yet they are. Every person you see needs what you have been commanded to freely give. And the news is very simple. The news is a Savior is born. You haven't been commanded to go and explain the Bible to anybody. You haven't been commanded to go and, and, and uh, exegete the Scriptures and, and answer all of their questions. The only thing you need to do is go and, and tell them the good news is a Savior has been born. God has invaded the world in a way that nobody saw coming. Maybe a couple of the Old Testament prophets kind of saw it. Isaiah, Micah perhaps you're a sinner wow what a coincidence i'm a sinner too <laughs> wow i wonder if there are any others around here you know what a savior has been born your room's been cleaned up it's been taken care of that's that's the message it's that simple it's that, it's that easy that, that's what we've been charged from doing. And, and this is, the, this is tis the season to share the message of the coming of the Savior because men and women are ready to open their shut up hearts and not only give out, but receive some things that they're not ready to receive at other times. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. What have you been told about him? What what has happened in your life? I mean, when people hear it, there's only so many things they can do. I mean, they they can believe it or they can not believe it. But the power of a nudge is incredible. Just, Just a little bit. A month or so ago, I actually no several months back, I had lunch. I got I got a hurry here. I had lunch with uh, Michael Frazier, and um, and he he was he ordered a an iced tea, and I ordered a Dr Pepper, and uh, I don't know how we got into the conversation, but somehow we got into the conversation of him saying that he really wasn't drinking sodas anymore, uh, and he had discovered that he actually liked iced tea better and that the first month that he stopped drinking sodas, he, he lost 10 pounds. And I did not leave there going, I'm going to start drinking iced tea instead of sodas. In fact, my initial thought when I heard him say that is you ride a bicycle 500 miles a week. (laughs) Anybody who does that? Yeah. Yeah come on and then my, my second thought was you may like iced tea better but I sure don't and then two or three months ago when we got ready to do uh, when, we were, when we were getting ready to do Boys Next Door Arwen passed the word along to me she was the director that I probably needed to be a little bit thinner for that play <laughs> of what I was and uh this was several months after I had uh, after I'd had that lunch with Michael, and you know what I did? Yeah, I mean I, I'm not totally zeroed out on on the colas, but you know instead of having two or three a day, I cut that back to two or three a week, and uh, you know I I don't know I've lost a little bit of weight, don't know how much, I ain't about to step on a scale, it's scary to do that, but uh, but I know that that. I know that I've lost some because, you know, the belt loops will tell you uh, where, where you are. And, uh, and I will say this, because if you're writing iced tea on the back of your, your little note there for, for when you leave, uh, you probably want unsweetened. And there are ways to sweeten it besides sugar and things made in a laboratory. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, but... The thing is, what he said to me six or eight months ago, or however long that was, suddenly came to life. And all it requires is just a little shove in that direction. It does, you, don't have to, you don't have to go in for the kill when you witness. You just need to plant the seed. Would you run this video uh, real quick uh, that we got up there? Yeah, and bring, bring the lights down.
1: You can do this, man. No, I can't. Yes, you can. It's just church. You can invite him. Just do it. What's the worst that could happen? Hey, Roger. Uh, you want to go to church with me and my family this Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, my side. Hey, Roger.
0: You think we're a couple of losers they don't have plans on Christmas? Why don't you try and make me?
1: Oh. Oh. Bah! Humbug! Christmas a humbug? Surely you don't mean that. I do mean that. In fact, every nitwit that runs about with the phrase, a Merry Christmas on his lips, should be run over by a tractor
0: and buried with a stick of holly through his heart!
1: Okay, come on, come on. <sighs> Seriously, you've got to snap out of this. Just invite him. Oh, but what if I say the wrong thing? Listen, I know you don't have a life, so. Man, it seems like you don't get out much. I'm betting you don't have a lot of friends, right? Man, you are wildly unpopular.
0: Hey, Roger! (laughs) What's wrong with you? (sighs) I have a heart condition. Oh,
1: Oh, great. I don't have a pulse. Okay, now that that's out of your system, quit being silly, there's nothing to be afraid of. Hey, Roger. Oh, hey, Paul. It's looking good. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's getting there. What's up, man? Well, I-, I don't know if you have any plans or not yet, but Christine and the kids and I, well, we would love it if you came to our Christmas service at our church. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, actually, we were planning on attending somewhere, we just we hadn't decided where. Yeah, I guess that'd be fine. Uh, yeah, man, that sounds great.
0: There would have been no personal testimony had the shepherds not gotten up and gone somewhere. Gotten up and just. Gone somewhere. And we're going to help you this season. It's the power of a nudge. All you've got to do is just invite. I mean, that, that, I, I was talking about Christmas Carol. There are people that you know who will not come to a regular church function with you. I'm telling you, this is a, this is an evangelistic opportunity. If you will just invite, they will come to this play. They will come to see a Christmas Carol at get it christmas time and especially if you ask the men because if they don't come up with something then they're going to be forced to go see the nutcracker and that's a dance (laughs) they want something with words i'm serious And, and when they come you know i mean once it's over they they may not necessarily be ready to you know how can I be saved? But they would probably go, what kind of church is that? And I, and I know, because there have been plenty of people who've walked in here and gone, what kind of church is this? And walked out and never come back again. But, <laughs> but they, they will ask, what kind of church is that? And a conversation will ensue. And then we've got three Wednesday nights that are very special in this month. Three opportunities. The first Wednesday night is on the 7th. We're going to be showing the Star of Bethlehem, and that movie is—it <laughs> will rock your world. I'm just telling you right now. First time that, that it was—it was, it was uh, the the Parkers handed it off to me one year in February or something, and 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 for nine months it sat on my shelf. And the only reason it really came off the shelf was because I was trying to figure out what can we do on a Wednesday night that we don't have anything to do, and and then i I've, I've probably seen it six or seven times since then, and I'm excited about seeing it again on the 7th. Yeah, it, it absolutely, it's about an hour long, and it, yes, it is a documentary, and yes, it will absolutely rock your world. And, and if you'll invite somebody to come along with it, I promise you, you'll be having some conversations after that. And, and they may go, go to your church and see a movie. Well, okay. Uh, and then on the 14th, we're having an open house, on that Wednesday night, um, all of this construction stuff will be done. It'll be a real nice area out there with food and stuff. And, and uh, all of the different areas of the church will have uh, people who are over those, uh, those areas of ministry. You can get involved with them. You can meet them. They'll give you tours and, and do whatever. It'll be a fun night. Just, just fellowship of people. And on the 21st, it's Carol's by Candlelight. And most of you are already aware. I mean, if you're uh, if you've been here very long, you know you get here early that night, or you or you stand. But uh, and maybe who knows? Maybe in another year or two, we might just start doing it twice that night or something. But wonderful, beautiful night for a lot of people. It's their favorite service of the year here. And then on Christmas Day, I am so excited that Christmas Day falls on Sunday this year. I love it when those when when they when they come together like that. You know, uh, a, a lot of people who. A lot of people don't like that. They, they're kind of like, Christmas is coming on Sunday? You want me to go to church on Christmas Day? Yeah. You know, that's what it is. You go to church on Easter, don't you? That always comes on Sunday. Yeah. 11 to noon. 11 to noon. It starts on the, on the button, and this will be our 24th annual I think in the 23 years before, we've never been off of noon by more than three minutes, one way or the other, because I know that that's a busy day for a lot of people, but it's just a wonderful point there in the day, really is. So here's, here's the deal, you got good news, hopefully you got great joy, it's for all people, anybody you know, anybody you run into anywhere, and all you got to do, all you got to do is go, would you like to go with me? all you have to do I'm glad Walmart doesn't do my job cuz then I wouldn't do it but since they're not doing it somebody's got to Would you stand This isn't a uh a salvation message and that's okay because i'm thinking most of you are saved if there's anybody here who isn't we can we can take care of that because the savior has been born and it's really good news but i'm assuming that most of you are uh, However, however are human beings living in a fallen world and so there's probably some people here who need some prayer so i'm going to ask the, the elders and their wives and staff to come forward and if you're here and you need prayer you come down we're just going to sing for a few moments Uh, this is part of what we do because we believe that God answers prayer we believe that, that God does miracles we believe that he's in the business of restoring relationships he's in the business of providing wisdom where wisdom is needed and clarity where things are unclear if you're hurting if you need something you come and if not You worship so that those who are coming, the presence of the Holy Spirit is invited. 好 don't don't let what you have received today uh, drift away Uh, i I know it's real easy to to hear a sermon and to go yeah and then by the time you get out the front door it's kind of like yeah and then by the time you get home it's all gone you know this is a fruitful season this is an important season for the kingdom's sake. It's an important season for eternity's sake. Do something with it. Do something with it. Raise your hand. Let me give you a blessing. The God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who sent His Son into the world in a marvelous and miraculous way, may the wonder of that miracle, may the wonder of that mystery be born anew in you. And may may it cause joy to spring up inside of you. And may there be a boldness in this season as you look about. And instead of being intimidated, you see hungry and hurting people who need what you have been freely given. And may you have the joy of the sower and the harvester through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.